You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Thank you for calling the Bernie Sanders 2020 campaign headquarters. Should I let out a shriek? (laughs) Uh, No, I guess let's keep it again. I am here in L.A., Still with Lewis. I remain. I think I'm going to stay in LA. You can't. You know my story. You can't get rid of me. All right. Well, patching in from Paris, we have Kara Brown. Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Guys, I I schlepped down to a studio to come and give everyone the normal keep it experience. So I hope all of our listeners appreciate this. You too. I don't know if you appreciate it, but it's happening. So. How much is your life like? Amelie. Are your pupils like 10, t- ten times the normal size? <laughs> I mean, that's basically my life. I've just been eating croissant and, uh, you know, drinking champagne. Is yeah. that what happens in that movie? <laughs> it's a lot of delighting people with your whimsy, I believe. Dashing around Montmartre with a baguette, just hanging. I think I am more whimsical. Okay. We love whimsical, Kara. We'll see if I carry this over into L.A. or if the second I step off the plane, it just slides off me. The pollution just immediately hardens. Yeah, the L.A. grime suffocates my whimsy. Well, while Kara is in her whimsical recommending Jodi Picoult books to everyone she (laughs) um, runs into, uh, this week is a very good week. Is it? Sort of. (laughs) For whom? Well, I mean for us because Uh um, Jesus and Marrow our, our guests this week. That's a pretty big score for us. I'm pretty proud of us. Well, proud of us. Yeah. Well, okay. Whoever's responsible. You're welcome. I know. I know how much they love my brand. But... <laughs> they, 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 they love your brand, Lewis. Uh, they really want you to talk about Kate Blanchett's pantsuits. <laughs> Good. That was my plan. Yeah. You, you know what everyone's usually talking about in the Bronx? Yeah. Kate Blanchett. <laughs> <laughs> Kate Bronxettes. Um. <laughs> You know, while you've been gone, Kara, um, obviously Cardi has been up to a lot. Only good. Well, mostly good. I know. Uh, we didn't talk about it much last week because I feel like we talk about Cardi every week, but she really killed at the Grammys. She did. Uh, and then she dropped two new songs this week, too. I mean, another Bruno Mars banger. She's been looking incredible. And also, I don't think we... Did we talk about the Harper's Bazaar cover? Did I miss that? No, not really. Because the fact that she was on the cover of Harper's Bazaar after causing a melee at their at their function and is, like, on the cover looking... It was, like, princess-themed. And there was even this one shot, and I think it was, like, a Cinderella sort of reference, but there was just a lone shoe and it was just every part of it was incredible. I just picture her saying the words Harper's Bazaar and that alone is delightful. By the way, I just <laughs> recently saw her. I had not seen this clip of her on, I believe, Fallon doing a doing a little um, thing where he asked her about certain words she says again and again. And like he spelled out like occur on a card and then she oh, said yeah. it three different ways. 
the comedy chops are serious. Like I'm I'm not kidding. I feel like some sort of like mini series comedy style is in the is in her future. That's my guess. Yeah. She's Charo. She's like that's her. <laughs> wow. I saw Charo once She's at Charo Whole Foods in, in uh, uh, Beverly Hills. I will never be the same. Guess what color her j- uh, jumpsuit was? Fire engine red. That's what it was. <laughs> wow. However, Cardi did do one bad thing. Oh right. I mean, I don't think her um, bust down Fadiana versus that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than Mickey's. <laughs> you know what I meant. I know. She's back with Offset. Ugh. I mean, we knew that was coming, though. Of course. I mean, if she she wouldn't be so relatable if she didn't invite a trash man back into her life. <laughs> right. Like we all did. Allow her Carrie Bradshaw-isms, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, will she move on to her Aiden phase? Oh, God. Burger? Yeah, maybe Listen, he's Burger. But this is a Burger phase. Aiden was good. <laughs> okay. I guess. Aiden was good. If you love carpentry, I mean, not my brand, but okay. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> is, offset, is Offset the big or is Offset the burger? Mm, he better not be the big. I know. I think he might be, you guys. Well, I hate it big too. So right, me too. Yeah, but big stuck around. Big, we're, we're stuck with him. Yeah. Ugh. Well, speaking of trash men in music, <laughs> <laughs> um, when we're back, we're gonna talk about Ryan Adams. Last week, the New York Times released a report that detailed how singer-songwriter Ryan Adams used his influence and power in the music industry to sexually manipulate women, including one underage girl. Seven women and a dozen associates were interviewed for the article, including Adams' ex-wife, Mandy Moore, and musician Phoebe Bridgers, all of whom described a pattern of manipulative behavior in which Adams would, quote, dangle career opportunities while also pursuing the artists for sex. In some cases, the women said he would retaliate against them if they rejected his advances. Adams denied the allegations, of course, in a series of tweets where he said, I am not a perfect man and I've made many mistakes to anyone I've ever hurt. However, unintentionally, I deeply apologize. But not, uh, uh, this was immediately after he harangued the Times in a bunch of tweets being like, you scamsters, I'm going to get back at you. It's like finger waving Jafar bullshit. (laughs) And then a lawyer called. Right. (laughs) They're like, what about don't do that? Uh, Ryan Adams. Piece of shit. Yes. um, The the wildest... The wildest thing about this is, <laughs> I forget who it was, but I had a full-on five-minute conversation with a friend where I had to explain to them that this was Ryan Adams and not Brian Adams right? Yeah, from the 80s. Well, and they've long been kind of confused. Truly, I'm not a fan of Ryan Adams, but the pop cultural moments I associate with him are these weird disconnected things, one of which is at a concert, I guess somebody drunkenly yelled out, play Summer of 69 or some other Brian Adams song, and then he flipped out. That guy might have just been drunk. But in later years, Ryan Adams would actually play Summer of 69 on stage because he became friends with Brian Adams. You see, he's cool. All is forgiven. Um, oh, yeah. I, I knew that Ryan Adams was trash when he did 
that cover album of 1989. Oh, that Pitchfork reviewed, but they did not review yeah. the original. Yeah. Uh, Pitchfork decided that Taylor Swift's album was uh, too inconsequential for them to review, which, fair. But <laughs> then they decided to review Ryan Adams's cover of it, which, bitch, nobody needs that. No. <laughs> right. It really is. Like, I think the thing... Like, it it goes back to the Harvey Weinstein thing where, like, obviously the actual, like, physical acts of all of this are awful. And the shit with the underage girl is like, dear God, lock this man up. But also the way that these men just fucked up women's careers is where, like, for me, so much of the anger comes in because they can't get that time back. You can't get in the same thing with Louis C.K. And, and, and the women he was, you know, jerking off in front of. Like, you can't get that time back. You can't sort of get that that confidence back you know what I mean when you're sort of like young and you're and you're fresh and you're starting your career and to have one of these fucking monsters just like ruin that for you is is for me with a lot of these me too stories it's one of those like threads that makes me the most sad and most angry for all of these women who had their time wasted by these assholes right particularly Mandy Moore who we all love some of her quotes in this story uh were really like heartbreaking especially the ones Mm -hmm. where he's like you're not a real musician because you don't play an instrument, you know, and really sort of degraded um, her music career that she'd had up until she met him, you know? I also Listen, I can name like three Mandy Moore songs. I can't name any Ryan Adams songs, so how about that? <laughs> you think I didn't own the album coverage where she covered Carole King? You must not know me well, moving on. Um, no, I, I always am looking for the right man in my pocket. Oh, I love that. That single was exotic. Wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> um, no, I was going to say I was particularly appreciative of a quote she gave at the end of the article where she just talks about how even this behavior that seems so sort of obviously asinine when described is incredibly isolating when you're dealing with this person one-on-one. She's like, you think this could be happening to nobody but you? And then, but then of course you read, you know, that he's done this to other women where he sort of whips them into a whirlwind about getting them in the music industry and helping them out. And then it's momentum that leads to nothing other than, you know, some sort of sexual impropriety or whatever. Um, It's just really interesting to see that as a composite and realize, all right, here's a sketch of somebody who is using women and uh, misleading them, really, and eventually breaking them down. Wait a second. I thought the line was, I found the right man. He's in my pocket. I have been wrong for like over a decade. Wait, what is the lyric? It's nothing but pennies in my pocket. Oh, I think I may have known that. (laughs) That is very different. Pennies in this economy? (laughs) Her first album was called So Real. It's one of my favorite titles. I think also one of the things that was, I mean, look, it's like, it's not good. And I think it was Phoebe Bridgers who was like, you know, all of the people that knew him are complicit in this behavior because, you know, they knew what was happening and or, or they had some sort of clue as to what was happening and either didn't say anything or didn't say anything to him. And that silence is what allowed him to continue. So I appreciate that people have been coming out. I think his guitarist, um, he had a statement on Instagram where he was like, he's basically been lying to me for years and he's a psychopath or whatever and he needs to get help. Um, but it's also just like these people need to take a longer look at themselves because like you are very much a part of the problem here. Exactly. It reminds me a lot of the Dr. Luke situation, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so far we've only had Kesha really battling him and it didn't have sort of the impact that the Ryan Adams thing did because this was 
multiple women and you needed Phoebe and you needed Mandy Moore and you needed the idea of him texting a 14 year old you know stuff like if people knew that we were texting they would say it was like R. Kelly lol not you a great quote that for an album lock him up and for the FBI to investigate right yeah but the Dr. Luke thing still remains murky even though like a couple of weeks ago I remember when that um deposition leaked with uh where Gaga was on the stand um talking about the situation with Kesha and it was just like seeing that much you know emotion in what she said and when she was talking about you know like why on earth would this girl tell the entire world this happened do you know what it's like for survivors um incredibly don't you roll your eyes at me you should be shamed, ashamed of yourself uh she's saying that to Dr. Luke's lawyer it's you know it's um it's just wondering why Ryan seems you know like the first person in music who's really Maybe gotta face some consequences. I don't want to say well, other than R. Kelly now. Yes, R. Kelly now. Um, I guess they've also found potentially new evidence against R. Kelly and a new videotape, so he might yeah. be going to trial again. But it's like I feel like maybe the mute R. Kelly movement, um, you know, really pushed forward by like Dream Hampton and other black women, um, has sort of maybe finally given music its tipping point, where now uh, other people are gonna. Yeah. be frank about talking about their experiences in music because while the Hollywood Me Too Time's Up movement was happening, music was sort of stalled. Right. Well, the other the other thing is with music, and I, I think this has come up with the conversation about Ryan Adams, is like even Hollywood is unprofessional in many of its own ways, but music is so weird and like, you know, the way that like why everyone records songs at like two in the morning is something I've never understood. Like that's always when everyone's fucking recording songs. And it's just like there's often like alcohol and drugs and like the, there's a lack of professionalism, I feel like, in yeah, that structure. sort of environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, we wouldn't have a single Fleetwood Mac album without it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, you know, there's no like union for songwriters to sort of just, you know, like all of these parameters that make things feel a little bit more professional and harder to take advantage of people. The music industry doesn't have. And so I think that's also been one of the problems with the Me Too sort of situation hitting music is because those lines are already so blurry and like they're blurry in Hollywood too where it's like why were women going up to Harvey Weinstein's hotel room because it's not weird to have meetings at hotels in Hollywood it's not weird to have meetings at restaurants and things like that or whether or not it's not weird it's you know it's something that happens and music even to a greater extent is just like kind of this free-for-all and it's just so much harder to should kind of outline that behavior and and also for people to believe women in those situations because it's like oh well you guys were recording the song at like 2 a.m and you were drinking it's like well apparently that's the only way we can make music so i didn't have any other options well also it goes into just you know the myth making of you know what creates an artist yeah aside from you know, that thing I said about Fleetwood, you know, it's like, it's, we talk about the idea that, like, yeah, they were all on drugs when they made that album, you know? And it's right. like, you even see, like, a movie like A Star is Born, which sort of um, a remake that reintroduces the idea, you know, of, like, this drug-addicted, alcoholic genius, you tortured, know? Tortured, yeah. Mm -hmm. Who's tortured, but he gives this young woman an opportunity, you know? And I'm like, their whole relationship is time's up. Right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs>
No. Can I also say, a few years ago at Coachella, Jane and I actually, Jane Marie, uh, were backstage in the artist area, and we, it was like the show was basically over, like the last concert was over, and we snuck into Ryan Adams's trailer and stole beer from his trailer, and at the time I kind of felt bad, and now I don't. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so glad this come to Jesus moment could come to fruition right on air. Yeah, thank, yes, thank God. Yeah, beer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm glad we took his beer. Fuck him. Also, um, on Twitter recently, I saw that for years, you know, one of my heroes is the singer-songwriter Liz Fair, and she had recorded with Ryan Adams for a while, and then the music didn't come out, and we're wondering what the fuck happened to it. And somebody asked her, like, oh, do you have any, um, somebody tweeted at her, do you have any opinions about this Ryan Adams thing? And she said... If I do have something concrete, I'll say it, but I have found myself that the similarities between my situation and the other ones I've read are jarring, basically, I think is what she said. And it's just, I don't know that she probably would have really felt compelled to say that had there not been so many people in this article interviewed. You know, it feels like you're joint, you're not just um, uh, uh, joining one other person, say there's like several other people who are talking about this. So I thought that was really cool. And it feels like more people will uh, hopefully... Uh, chime in and uh, uh, talk about their experience. Right, and that's just a thing that you sort of accept with men, too. You know, I mean, say what you want about my girl, Rita Ora. <laughs> Are uh, you in tears? God. Okay. Uh, no, but I just um, forever um, will be mad about the fact that because there was drama in her relationship with Calvin Harris, an entire album that he produced for her never came out. Yeah. Like, he shelved it and prevented her from ever performing um, the the big single that they had recorded together too, which was great and was getting positive reviews and could have been a hit for her, mm -hmm. you know. Band men. Men. As always is the takeaway. <laughs> Lock them all up. I don't know. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> when we're back, two men who aren't trash. <laughs> Jesus and Mara. Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis? Yes? When you see footprints in the sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams rub. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? <laughs> no? Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. <laughs> Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And <laughs> I am the coziest a human being can be. Because, by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's, like, pretty mild outside, and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain mm. it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. 
escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. (laughs) Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations. There's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives have always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. <laughs> Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we have the Bodega Boys themselves uh, here. Ah, uh, 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 in the building, you know what it is. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, 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 LaCroix Boys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know what it is. Jesus and Marrow. My new name, Young Papa Moose. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are on the West Coast. On the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jet lags. You know how do you feel about LA? You LA know, is cool. Like we've been here enough now that well, also we don't know anything about LA. Yeah. So wherever they send us, we just we just go. We have gone to some very unsafe neighborhoods, not knowing not knowing like like, oh, we, like, yeah. like we, Venice. We just hop in. <laughs> we literally just hop in Ubers and just go wherever and we ask the driver, like, is this safe? And they'd be like, Ah, I wouldn't go here. Where have you ended up? Oh, uh, we we ended up some we ended up somewhere yesterday that <laughs> definitely people were like y'all Jesus and Mero like why oh, why are y'all in this why establishment why are y'all here <laughs> why are y'all here also we went to a bar that had a metal detector and we was like oh we at home oh yeah. wow. <laughs> where was that it was like downtown yeah, LA or something it was a, it was, oh, a it metal was very, detector I can't believe uh, my arms up like yeah bro and me, also because we came from New York and it's freezing in New York I yeah. came with my North Face jacket oh, so I walk into the club in the North Face jacket and I'm like yo y'all gotta Y'all got like a coat check? They was like, no. Like, <laughs> I was like, can I check my long johns? I love that you guys found the one bar in LA with the metal detector. Oh yeah, <laughs> like it just, you were drawn to it. Like the guy didn't want to use it. We was like, yo, go ahead, go, go, do it. He was like, all right, fine. He's reading the manual how to operate. It. He's like, oh, if you actually go to the places in LA that people like recommend tourists, that makes you hate LA. So you have to actually discover the rad things yourself. You actually sound like you're doing that. So that's yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah. We just and. Nobody walks in LA anywhere. Oh no! Like no. if you walk, people like look at you out their cars. Like what the? Look f-? at that! Like poor. it's like Black Mirror. Like what is? The, what we do you hop like? from AC to AC. 
This is true. Yeah. See, yeah. Meanwhile, we were like on Google Maps, and they're like, oh, it's 20 minutes by car. That's 15 minutes New York walking style. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and now you're just walking through desolate blocks, people peeking out through their windows, people call the cops on you. There's a man walking? Do you think maybe now they recognize you guys, though? Like, is that... You know is what? that weird? Because they might just be like, it's not just people walking, it's Jesus and Mero walking. Well, maybe <laughs> if it's both of us, because if it's just me, they can't tell I'm Jesus, and if it's just him, they can't tell it's Mero. <laughs> Yo, it's only together. when you're together. Oh, together. oh it's you guys. Like, <laughs> the funny thing is like, when they confuse us, I'm like, we look nothing alike. <laughs> They're like, Yo, I've watched every episode. I've listened to podcasts podcast. Yo, I watch the show every I'm night. Yo, fan. I love you. Meryl. I'm, like, <laughs> like, I'm not Meryl. <laughs> Meryl's the other one who is um, a different shade. <laughs> he has four kids. Like. Well, you know, more white people will recognize you now because you have the Showtime show. Yeah. Showtime. And Showtime? they watch Showtime. They watch, they watch Shameless. Mm-hmm. Yep. The yeah. network of the United States of Terra, where you belong. Oh, yes, wow. right. Yeah. Yeah. The See, big C with Laura Linney. We don't know the lineup of Showtime. We haven't memorized it yet. So <laughs> people are like, yo, did you see this show? I'm like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yo, did you see LaCroix? <laughs> Where Showtime Chronicles? is, I'm like, yeah, because you know, Showtime's looking good. Game of Thrones is coming back. You know what I'm like, saying? <laughs> like, that's, that's oh, not us. You know what I'm saying? They're bringing back six in the city. They've got Jim Carrey, though, right? Yeah, they, yeah. Got, yeah. Jim they got Jim Carrey. They got the Chai. Yeah, yeah, yeah Lena Wave Show. The Lena Wave Show. They, they got, got uh, oh, they got Regina Hall. Regina Hall, Black yes, Monday. and John Cheeto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get like, they got a Wu Tang, yeah. a Wu Tang documentary coming up. The LeBron yeah. joint, shut up and dribble. Yeah. How They're do getting you a little feel black. Being on like premium cable, oh, yeah. you went from like you got to pay DX for that shit. to, yeah, like, to premium. Yeah, premium. right. That yeah, that's a. It's like our fourth network, and this is they just <laughs> they keep leveling up. <laughs> I see how cash I just do that out there. But I mean, black people can't afford Showtime anyway, right? So. Wow. 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 Yeah. That was a real specific reference. A, yeah. 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 I'm glad you made the references that yeah. we can't make. Exactly. Uh, appreciate you. Appreciate you. Speaking on our behalf. Uh, I, will, I will be borrowing a Showtime login. It's all good. So is the new show going to, like, is it going to be a super big departure from the old show? Is it still just you two talking shit for, like, an hour? Not at all. It's it, The heart and soul of the show is us. And yeah. Our, like, chemistry, our banter. So that is the head of the show. You know what I mean? Like, we come in with that and then we have a budget now yeah. yeah you know what i mean and like producers aren't scared to be like yo let's go do this field piece over here or let's right. go investigate this or let's do that it's basically the same show just more maga friendly mm-hmm. like, we're <laughs> yeah we, you know we went hard on trump and it's like you know like, yeah, 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 yeah. so how do we take a successful podcast mm-hmm. i'm just gonna say it is oh wow uh put it in put it in the universe to to premium cable just, just put it. Just do it. Just keep banging. Just keep banging. We just show up at Showtime. Show time. You, you know what? After us, like I think any any kind of black or brown podcast, just go to a premium network. Like, oh, facts. Y'all want this? Yo, hit up stars right now. As soon as you like, yo, fam, yo, with these here, they got Showtime joint. I should just pop it too. What's up? No, nah, I mean, you be in there. It was just a matter of, like the right people have to hear your podcast. Yeah, That's, it's. I mean, we worked hard on it. We worked hard to build the brand, but at the end of the day, it's like. There's like three people that heard our podcast that basically started this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hit a, you know, like you could have the greatest podcast ever. And if the right people don't hear it, you're not going to get the opportunities you right. want with it. But I mean, as long as you keep making it and put it out there. Well, we know these pod save boys, you know, mm-hmm. like they keep flexing because they've been on HBO. Yeah, they, they, yeah. we they have not. Yeah. Uh, They're very arrogant. Yeah, they were on our show too, right? Yeah. How, yeah. How, how, how were they? How were they? Because I have thought. Your best guess easily, yeah. right? <laughs> oh, yeah, They're by cool. far. Absolutely, yeah. I sure. thought they were a rap group at first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. 
I was like, I was like, is this logic? What the fuck? I was like, wow. I was like yo, the Beastie Boys really aged well. Like, okay. But they were cool, and they were like, oh, it's like politics and shit. I was like, yeah. I was like, I have a little hard. Well, I think it's the fact that, like, because when I think of you two, I remember, like, maybe five years ago, just, like, Twitter yeah. people. When everyone was just, like, a Twitter person, mm -hmm. like, tweeting too much. And, like, you never knew who actually had a job. Like, or you knew if someone had, like, a real day job, you didn't know. Like, I used to have to hide my identity all the time. Like, yeah. Because if anyone found out where I worked, like, I would have been fired at the spot, which would have been a blessing because I was actually at the time trying to get fired from them. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever have a job so bad, you're like, how much is unemployment? Oh, work? Oh, work? <laughs> Let's get it. Oh, they give you Bro. debit cards out? And oh, like, and I think if you look back for like maybe a solid three months, I was actively trying to get fired and I was live tweeting it. And no matter what I did, they would not fire me. I know that's like, you, I used to work at BuzzFeed. You know what it is. You know what it is. Also, I would apply for BuzzFeed. Yeah, like, you applied to BuzzFeed? I came in hot today. I applied for almost every, I've, I applied for BuzzFeed. I applied for, um... The root. I applied for. Oh my god! None of them. The root didn't hire you. I applied for a social media position. Damon. And they were like, Panama. I was like, yo, what's up? Ebony didn't call me back. I'm like, you, you hire every black person. You don't pay them. You but... <laughs> <laughs> is it weird? Ooh, the tea, the yeah, tea, the tea. The, the LaCroix. <laughs> Jesus. We're all getting fired. Is it, <laughs> is it weird for you two seeking out new opportunities for you guys to like be ratting out there when, in fact, all you need is just your dynamic. You don't need to fuck with it. It doesn't need to turn into anything else. Right. Is there some like anxiety about messing with it at all? Not really. It's it's. First of all, I mean, like, we did the, the other show with no writers at all. Right, right. And yeah, now I mean, we have like a super dream team of writers. Shout out to Zwish. Shout out to Heaven. Shout out to Claire. You know what I mean? Like Josh and them. Josh and them. Josh Gondelman, one of the yeah, great yeah, tweeters. Yeah, Josh, Josh and you know what I mean? Mike Velasic, everybody. They 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 fuck with us. So they know what direction to take mm -hmm. a sketch in or like something mm -hmm. like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that added element to the show is, go, is still going to be. Our voice. You're gonna be doing some acting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Let me tell you something. We are not good actors. So you enjoy. All our acting is basically like it's just Jesus and Meryl playing a role. I don't want to ruin anything. If anyone, y'all gonna love our remake of Green Book. Oh. Stop. I'm ready. It's gonna be lit. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. Black people eat chicken. Whoa. Hey. Oh. Hey. It's me, Marshmallow Lee. I'm with this. Hey, yo, get in my car. I'll drive you to Moonlight. All right. So the entire right. world is from the Bronx. Yes. That's just like, that's, that's your that's acting. Yeah. yeah. So in the movie, like, they barely use the green book. And it's just like, he, he's like, where's my green book? Like, that's, how, that's, like, that's how it ends. Yeah. You guys joke, but one of these sketches is going to, like, blow up. And you're going to have to make it into a real movie. Oh, we can't wait. Oh, I can't, And then yeah. it's just going to be the... Well, oh, we, have, we have ideas for sketches all the time. We used to have yeah. it all the time on the show. And we never had... Um, like, the production. The production writer. The production. Yeah. So now, like, we have... We're gonna have a lot of stuff that could become its own show. Like we, yeah. uh, we didn't get a chance to do it but during the shut up, shutdown, uh, the government shutdown. Mm -hmm. We did like a really funny sketch about like laid off, like the TSA agents right. at JFK, like how they didn't give a fuck, <laughs> like rolling up blunts on the conveyor belt. <laughs> <laughs> and so like to get a chance to make something like that and then put it out there, like I think our fans would love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like still us, but it's like elevated. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and then also oh, because it's Showtime, they can get actual famous actors. <laughs> For yes. these sketches, which yes. is the most ridiculous thing ever. So you have like these classically trained like actors, and we take them to a bodega in the Bronx for like five seconds for a cameo. <laughs> for Who them. is on your actor wish list? 
You have to ask him because I, I, this sounds racist. I think every white person looks the same. No <laughs> so every time they ask Michelle me, Pfeiffer, Andrew Garfield, how can you tell? <laughs> Kev, I, was, I, I love A Star is Born. Love that movie. No idea what the guy's name was. <laughs> and it was like, he was in the Avengers? Yeah. He's like, yo, that movie is Star Wars Born with Matt Damon? That shit is <laughs> I also like, just discovered the name of the song is Shallow. Right. Yeah. All this time I thought it was Deeper. Because at the end, she said Deeper over and over and over. She says, like, I'm off the deep end. Off the deep end. Yeah. Yeah, I got roasted in the group chat. You, did you know it was Lady Gaga? I knew that. Okay. 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 I knew that. At that point, we knew. You saw Lady Gaga and Dave Chappelle, and that was it. I was like, yo. I was like, what is this? And I was like, no, this is. Bradley Cooper, to be fair, that's the name of a three-year-old. It's not that a name you should be able to remember. Name. And because I found out who he was, I went and watched uh, Silver Linings Playbook, which was not a good movie. I don't get it at all. Don't get it at all. It's not a good movie. It's not good. Yeah. Thank you. There's so many screeners that I have in the crib that I just collected. Yeah, I know. That really sucks. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) never going to watch. Sorry, Julia Roberts. I'm not watching So you guys are just going to invite random... Yeah. White actor, like you just pick a name out of a hat because you don't know the yeah. difference. Yo, Timothy Timmy Peter... Chalamet, come through. Trying <laughs> to get, uh, Peter Dinkage, Dinklage, Dinklage, yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. we're trying to get him for something because why not? Yeah. What are you doing? They ain't doing that. Come to the studio. Wait, what are you doing, John Turturro? You're not doing nothing. Get over here. <laughs> You're just hanging out. Is it crazy now to be in a position where you can just be like, like these people will say yes to you, yeah. like just random, like I want go get Andrew Garfield and like he'll actually be there two days later. You no, know, it's weird, like. Having other famous people know you and like right. you'll meet them and they'll be like, oh my god, I fuck Yo, with you. You're like, I, fuck with you. I was like, what? Who's was someone who like it blew your mind? Man, shout out to Tommy Alter in the. Who, I was gonna say he's in the building, but he's not. Uh, like he, we go to dinners and like we, we'll meet people. Like Anthony Anderson sat down with us and was yeah. like, Yo, yeah, I we fuck with y'all like heavy. Like you know yeah. what I mean? The other night we were at dinner with CC Sabathia, Hassan Minaj, like mm. just, just, just. Just, just casual, boys. just the boys, yeah, really rich people. Just the boys. <laughs> it's always, and then at the end, it's like when the bill comes, you're like, oh, uh, yo, my god, you just signed a forty million dollar extension. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is not forty you're million right? dollars. <laughs> That's not gonna work anymore, though. When nah, you're on Showtime, it's this, premium yeah. cable. Because now they look at it, you got Showtime on. I was like, damn. My yeah. man, here's the MS. I take the Uber <laughs> pool now. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you can't take Uber pool anymore. No, nah, yeah. I actually hit Sherrod with CC Home from the um, Knicks game the other yeah, day. Yeah, he's still awesome. <laughs> I don't know. That's Sherrod from who? CC Sabathia, the pitcher for the Yankees. Because he lives in Jersey too now. So I was like, yeah, hey, we you gang, gang. I was like, yeah, you going to Uber me home, bro? He's like, nah. He's like, because he's from um, uh, Vallejo and, uh, uh-huh. you know, in the Bay. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, hey, yeah, yeah, cuz. I got you, cuz. So I we in the car and I was like, I forgot. I was like, oh, you're rich, rich. You live in like the Richest part of like Jersey, and I'm just like looking out the window. And I'm just like seeing Mad Forest and Mad Mansions and shit. I was like, wait a minute, we been past my house. I was like, my house is like closer to like Dykeman than uh, uh-huh. Chris Rock's house. You know what I'm like, so uh, what are we gonna do? He's like, oh my bad, cuz. He's like, I didn't even, I didn't even realize. He's like, yo, man, my bad. He's like, but then he just goes into his crib, like a gate to get to a gate, and then he just goes into the crib and tells the driver, he's like, hey, take him home. That's money. Oh man, like, well, yeah, Bowser's not, Castle. We yeah. not Uber pooling no more. Matter of fact, last time we were in LA. We just got a uh, Uber oh, XL for no reason. Flex. Oh, okay. And I was like, we going to the club. We can't pull up in like a Camry. So like the Uber XL. No, the worst shit is when you're trying to go somewhere and mm-hmm. like somebody who's using like a pickup truck. Yeah. yeah. Uber <laughs> picks you up. It's like Man. I'm rolling up you to the bar in, in a pickup Atlanta. truck. I was like, nah. <laughs> I was like, nah. I'm not getting an F. You can't do that in Atlanta Yo, either. That's not the look in Atlanta. Yo, we were in Atlanta. Some dude picked us up in like a. Pontiac DeVille with like 23s and took us to the mall. I was like, bro, like what? This is not an Uber. This is like, this is like a Funkmaster Flex show car. Like, you know what I'm saying? Doing like that was like the mo- that was one of the most jarring things about moving to Jersey for me was like Ubers are like literally just 
what the commercial says. Like, oh, I just I just do this on the side. Like, and it's like <laughs> some dude's dad picking you up in like a minivan. Like, yeah. I was like, yo, fam, you look kind of creepy, and you are <laughs> minced, are opened, and looked like they have been sucked on already. <laughs> so, I had a dude once pick me up in a G wagon. Oh. Which made, but it was a regular Uber. Right. And the G wagon pulls up, and I was like. I'm probably going to die. I was just like, there's no way this goes well. And I'm talking to the dude, and he's like, I'm a lawyer. And I was like, oh, I'm for sure going to die. Like, there's there's no way. This is American Psycho, yeah, like, like sequel, yeah. And he just was like, you know, I, I don't even remember his explanation, but he was like, you know, I'm just like, just something to do. Yeah. I was like, what? Just you have a G-Wagon and you're a lawyer, and you were just like, I'm just going to Uber, Uber tonight? <laughs> Like, and that was the that was the full story. It's even crazier when people like that say that to you, and you're, they're driving you home at like three a.m. That's when it yeah. was. It, obviously, it was like three in the morning. I was like, oh, oh. You're just, just yeah, doing stuff on the side. I was like, oh, you just murder young women. That's, really, <laughs> that's what that's you do. Yeah. I had an Uber driver that was driving a Tesla. And I was like, Ooh. you didn't think this through at all. Like, <laughs> like, that's not how it works. And he just kept every time we were at a red light, he like let out a heavy sigh, like. I was like, damn, fam, this car got like 200k. Like, I, here's a five dollar tip. <laughs> Cash, so they don't take a cut. You know what I'm saying? He spent the Tesla money. Y'all don't Uber in New York, do you? Yeah, yeah. You, have to. Okay. you don't take the subway, that? No, you still take the subway, which okay. is funny because people in people forget everyone in New York takes the subway, celebrities right. and all that stuff. Yeah. But you'll be on the subway, and then people are just like, what are you doing on the subway? I'm like, the same thing as you. Yeah. Like, we're going <laughs> trying to get somewhere in five minutes instead of 30, 38 minutes. There and aren't many like, options. You have to do it. <laughs> and there was like, it was rush hour, and I'm, you know, like, you're face to face like this. And this girl is like right here, and she's just like, <laughs> she starts doing the wild cheese. I'm like, hi. <laughs> but then it's like the weird thing we stopped and for like five minutes I have to have this conversation with her uh, a very intimate conversation <laughs> asking all these questions that you can ask on Twitter and I, can't, I can't be the wild jerk like leave me alone I'm just like hi thanks uh, for the oh, show oh you had a Caesar for oh, lunch oh, Caesar wow. salad for lunch <laughs> she's like can you play my boyfriend's tracks on the show I was like uh, actually, she asked no. you she asked for like a hookup yeah, yeah. on the train Yo. not only that all black people think like they got the hookup for the show right. yeah. Yeah. so like, random people on Twitter are like yo like... can I be a guest I'm like for what like <laughs> <laughs> like I'll be doing art and shit. It's like an expansion of the head nod, the head nod acknowledge. Like when you're in like a mad way area and you see another black person, you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah like, But so like when the show airs, when can we? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Where, where, like, when's, when's the... our hookup? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Y'all put us on the spot. But nah, we can do we do like a sketch with them. You know what I'm saying? Don't bring those HBO white boys on the show. They got the HBO money. Is no. even talking? <laughs> right there. We had a messy Wow. This is literally we're trying to get fired. Yeah. Between Tommy Cakes and messiest? just like we're we're it's us trying to get fired from Between the podcast. Us not letting Favreau on the show ever. John Favreau still hasn't been on. Yo, yeah. when they came on our show first. I was like, you're not John Favreau. I was like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Iron Man. <laughs> I was like, bro. I was like, nah. I was like, what? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I get that a lot. I was like, yeah. oh man. I was wild, embarrassed. And then you had no idea. You didn't matter anyway. You know, when we had that show, I you could ask him. I would never check who the guests were. <laughs> I literally just come in and they'd be like, you want to know who the guests are? I'm like, no. <laughs> Wait, when would you find out? Like when they walked on? And they walked in. Stop it. Because I was like, like really? Because it was my whole thing was like, I don't know them. So guess what, America? Now we're gonna. Meet this person live on air, and sometimes that works, sometimes it did. Sometimes y'all never tricked him once, like doing a like this is your life with, no, some, never, with somebody who knew they you never from the tricked past. me. But sometimes our producers would get facts completely wrong, and I would, oh, I'd be like, so you were born in Zimbabwe, and they're like, I'm from Newark, and I'm like, okay, okay, uh, so uh, all these African next questions. Question for How... John Cena. Okay. Uh, so you're not from Zimbabwe? Okay. How often uh, did you really have no idea who it was? Um, like you like full we used on... to have a saying on set and it was called Google the guest 
because that meant like you had no, we had no idea. Like they have the name and they'd be like, "This person coming tomorrow." I'm like, oh, "Okay, okay." We did the that person no. is, and they'd be like, "This person, Jesus, he was like in." I don't know the Princess Bride. I was, okay. <laughs> yeah, first week it's like we're just like, calling people we know. Like, yeah. like, yo, Vashti, can you come? Yo, through? yo I can see you come through. Like, like, you know what I mean? And then uh, our agent also reps John Turturro, so we, mm-hmm. I was like, yo, we could get Turturro on the show. And he's mm-hmm. like, I don't know who that is. And I was like, you don't know who John Turturro is? I was like, yo, he's in you know Do the Right Thing, Barton yeah. Fink, like he's in Mad Class. Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> quiz show. Yes, right. So then we literally went around the office and like he's like, I had an Whoa. iPad with his picture. And I was like, like yo, do you know, do you know who this is? <laughs> so people were like, yeah, my dad watches this show. And I was like, that's John Turturro. So that was like a big fight we used to have because they were like, get him as a guest. I was like, I don't want him as a guest. <laughs> I was like, no offense, I don't know who he is. But by but, that logic, no one would have been your guest. True. So you had no guests at you all. Know, not for nothing. I really. The guest segment was the hardest part of the show. Yeah. Because everything else we control, and then you bring this third person in, and it's just like either they vibe or they don't vibe. Yeah. And then we had guests that would come in with with an attitude, and you'd be like, Mm. I don't know what you're going through, (laughs) but you need to check that attitude right now. (laughs) Please. Speaking of your guests, though, I think one indelible pop culture moment that no one will be able to take away from you is the Cardi B election. I mean, literally, I mean, to her, the combination of her and that moment, mm-hmm. I mean, is so yeah. seismic. Mm-hmm. How do you own that? I mean, are you planning on telling your grandkids now? Prepare oh, yeah. that speech. No, it's, it's, yeah. it's that already special, I have first several of all, documents. Was weird because first of all, we were drunk and high as shit. Yeah. it was live. Imagine not being. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And, and we, then, we we automatically. Like the rest of America, we automatically assume like there's no way Donald Trump is going to win this election. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? So then the numbers keep, it was live. So we got the little IVF, whatever thing in our ears. And it's just like, IVF? Whatever. <laughs> That's right. We're trying to have a baby. <laughs> just so no, I don't know why they're putting it in your ear. Just, just, put, just, put an, just put an egg in my ear. Paid 80K for them to put an egg in your ear. <laughs> now we just wait. <laughs> I almost said HPV, bro. I was really fucked up. <laughs> you got the HPV in my ear? Uh, nah, but um, <laughs> he's like winning this state winning that state like you know traditionally blue states we were just like yo and like we keep going back to this like vice like you know, typical vice yeah. white kid. Like he's just like, yeah. He has like a map of like, America's, like coloring it with crayons. He's like, yeah. So Trump, uh, uh, won, he's won Florida. Looks like we're in trouble. Uh, uh. That night was so well because it's a political night. It's a election special. And who are our guests? It's a uh, Jim Jones, Jim Cardi Jones, B, tell them Cardi, yeah. Cardi B, yeah. random people in the audience. And we had like no experts, or whatever. But it worked out. I mean, I would love to do another one. But hopefully. you got to bring Cardi back. We got to run for office. Yeah. You gotta bring oh Cardi yeah, because clearly it's time. Oh, she knows. You guys got to run. Card- would you leave the show? Cardi's like, I'm running for president. I need some campaign managers. Oh, definitely. Would you leave the show to in go run Cardi's campaign? Sorry, sorry, Dave. Got to rep the set. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, before you go, what's her slogan then? What's her slogan? What's her slogan? Let's see. Oh, cr- <laughs> Make America ochre. <laughs> I'd wear that on a hat. I would wear that on a hat. Thank but you. then she can't be president because, like, you know, what if Offset cheats on her on the way out? Oh. Oh. Yeah, messy, messy, messy. messy. <laughs> Secret Service would kill him at oh that my point. God. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Just, just like <laughs> some wet works. I mean, but think about Secret Service out, like, after Donald Like, you know, they're getting lazy. Oh, you know, like yeah. they're not really do- they're not checking their guns properly. <laughs> they're like, you don't fit, man. <laughs> they're not wandering people down. They're like, ah, you good? Go yeah, you are, you are, you are, yeah. There's less security than the bar you were at yeah. downtown LA. Yeah. Yeah. They don't even lock the door at the White House. There's like a key underneath the mat. <laughs> <laughs> Obama just comes back like, oh, I left a couple things. There's a post that was like spare in mailbox. Like, what? Okay. They all share the same segue. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> um, 
We could do this all day. We can. But, We're having a blast, man. But we gotta go. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Before y'all say more shit than I get yeah, fired. <laughs> Before we all lose Before our we jobs. All get fired. <laughs> we gotta get back to New York. They're like, you're fired too. I'm like, hey, oh, hey, how? How? What are you there was like that fucking podcast. He's <laughs> <laughs> wilding. I was, I was gone. I was where can we? Where toy. can we find you again? When's it gonna be? When's the What's show happening? drop? February 21st, 21st Thursday, 11 p.m. on Showtime. You know what I'm we also have the Bodega Boys podcast yes, on sir. iTunes, and we just started. The Shit, interview something series. else? Yes. The interview series live from the Milk Studios Jam Room where we talk to celebrities for about an hour like this. And what y'all, Roxanne Gay? We out here. <laughs> we out here. I am. I'm Roxanne Gay. I'm about cool. to flame somebody on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Roxanne Gay. We always be talking about like airport shit with her. She because she travels a lot. She, she she will flame an airport. I, that might be and a, Apple. That might be a segment on our show. Just have Roxanne Gay flame some shit. Yeah. yeah, we got a lot to look forward to. <laughs> Talk about Hudson News for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> How many pillows do you need? Uh, when we're back, Monique versus Steve Harvey. Hey, Keep It fans, if you want more Keep It, check out this Friday's bonus episode where Lewis and I dive into some of the Oscars' biggest snubs and what we're looking forward to and not looking forward to on Sunday's show. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. With blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Last week, Monique, while promoting her new Vegas residency, for some reason, decided to appear on The Steve Harvey Show, where the conversation quickly got heated, and the longtime friends talked about Monique's career from her fight for pay equity for black women in Hollywood to her fraught relationship with people including Oprah, Tyler Perry, and Lee Daniels. The conversation was a mess. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> I've not seen a confrontation like this on a talk show, I don't think. It was almost the opposite of the Kevin Hart, Ellen DeGeneres conversation, where that was two mega successes basically smoothing over a problem. Whereas this was Monique saying, no, there is a problem. And it involves what people are, like you, Steve Harvey, are saying about me not on the air. It reminds me of when um, everyone used to argue with Elizabeth Hasselbeck on The View. 
(laughs) (laughs) When like Joy and and Whoopi would be like this dumb bitch, you know, the sort of side by side. But it was always very uncomfortable because like, you know, you had obviously Monique and Steve Harvey aren't co-workers, but you were expecting this to be like a friendly interview. And then it just like fully goes south, which happened on The View so many times. And she left because of it. Yeah. I mean, this was literally like they were on a reality reunion show going back and forth. (laughs) Of which Monique is a veteran. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Listen, I will forever love that Monique is immortalized in Charm School. Oh, yeah. Because she's given us so many quotes. She's among the most quotable comics, I think, ever. Uh, you see, when you do clownery, the clown comes back to bite. Your behavior was whore-like. <laughs> the whore jumped out. <laughs> so much she's given us. Uh, and meanwhile, you have Steve Harvey, who has given us nothing but his ill-fitted suits, his robber baron mustache (laughs) and really misogynistic self-help books right well the other like i feel like with monique it's hard because to some extent she continues so like they were fighting about the same shit monique has now been talking about for like the past two years which like goes back to the stuff with precious and her drama with oprah and tyler perry and lee daniels and how she wouldn't promote the film and um you know it feels like I understand why it keeps coming up because it was also related to was it last year or a few months ago when she had the Netflix she was offered like five hundred thousand dollars for her Netflix special yeah, last year. Meanwhile, Amy Schumer was given eleven million dollars and she felt that was unfair and asked people to boycott Netflix. And so I understand why these issues keep coming up with her, but I also am just like stop talking about it and stop asking people to bring it up unless she's. Because if she's really trying to have the conversation she needs to have about, you know, pay inequity and, and black women in Hollywood, have the conversation with someone smart. Mm-hmm. What are you trying to say about Steve Harvey's understanding of <laughs> equity? I'm saying Stick Stickley probably understands equity better than Steve Harvey. <laughs> By the way, can we just say for a second, I sometimes underestimate the power of Steve Harvey. I mean, like, he's like our Dick Clark. I mean, just thinking about family feud alone that was a show that i would consider basically dead and then he turned it into now i think one of the most popular television shows it's it's sort of like that family feud is from the 70s it's like if the waltons or the brady bunch were suddenly the most popular show on tv again and it is all because of him so he's this weird emperor figure i'm a little afraid of steve harvey is what i'm saying yes i mean there are some good benefits of steve harvey but you know there's also the idea that, look, when he was yelling at Monique about the fact that, like, we're black people in this business, you know, and sometimes we have to pick the check over our integrity, it's sort of like there's a difference between picking a check and integrity and, like, sometimes straight Coonan. Like, let's not forget <laughs> that as soon as Kanye was first meeting with Donald Trump, Steve Harvey ran his little ass over to Trump Tower, too. Oh, did he? <laughs> yes. Wow, like ambulance photos, chasing. Those photos still exist. He, he may have forgotten all about it and doesn't want people to bring it up, but he went to Trump Tower to meet with Donald Trump as well. And also, by the way, uh, Kanye and his family then were on Celebrity Family Feud. Yeah. And we also have to talk about, you know, like the whole Think Like a Man movie and the book of his that spawned it and how those are basically like dating parables that are like, 
Tyler Perry-ish, you know, of like, you can't be a woman who's too loud, can't be too talkative, <laughs> can't be too can't be too uh, dark-skinned, can't be a light-skinned yeah. woman who's uh, got a degree. Right. Also, it's probably worth noting that just today, Steve Harvey apologized for a lot of what he said to Monique, being like, I can't just go off the cuff about things like this. And that is, I feel like, a lesson we keep reiterating here on Keep It. <laughs> yeah. I was frustrated for a number of reasons. One, because it was kind of one of those conversations that I felt like should have happened behind closed doors. Like, it's sort of like you don't have that conversation in mixed company. Because mm-hmm. I did actually understand, unfortunately, part of, like, the smart version of what Steve Harvey is talking about. And it's, I think it goes to the ethos of, like, Jay-Z and Beyonce and P. Diddy, where, like, if you, you know, capitalism is what it is. Not always great, mostly not great. But we live in a capitalist society, and so black people building wealth within that society obviously has some merit because rich people get to do fucking everything, like buy elections and all kinds of shit. And so I understand the idea of... If it's a matter of take the movie that's not going to be the critical darling because, wow, you're going to make $40 million. And when you are at this level in Hollywood, if you're that successful, that comes with a certain amount of power that allows you to make films with black people or this, that or the other. Like, I do understand that perspective. And I think that was maybe what Steve Harvey was trying to talk about. However, that's not the path for everyone. You know, like, Mm -hmm. yes, I am happy that. You have Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. I'm happy that you have Jay-Z and Beyonce, I'm Oprah, all of them, and people, black people who have this wealth who are able to use it to, um, you know, amplify other voices and projects. But that's not what everyone's trying to do. And, like, Steve Harvey has a lot of money, but, again, it's like that's not necessarily what everyone's trying to do, and everyone's not willing to look like a fucking fool for money, which, mm-hmm. a, and not just black people, like, a lot of people are willing to look like a fucking fool for money. Yeah, it's definitely a conversation that those two as friends should have just had instead of let's wild out on TV. <laughs> that said, it was unforgettable TV, too. And I'm, I sort of long for the days of like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen this. And I apologize if I've brought this up on Keep It before. Have you ever, ever seen the episode of The Tonight Show with Jay Leno where Robin Quivers of Howard Stern fame is the second guest? And the third guest is Linda Ronstadt, who sings a song. And then she sits down and she goes, it's not like me to take issues with one of your guests. But then she turns to Robin and she goes, um, I think he is. A, I think he is a misogynist and I think you show for him. And then they get into this big fight where people are making Jerry Springer noises in the audience. All I'm saying is <laughs> talk shows kind of at their best are a little bit of a WCW cage match. And, <laughs> and when we can get into that a little bit again, I'm always a little bit of a fan. I and, mean, I was always a fan when Omarosa used to go on talk shows before the Oh, the, the Bethany shit. show? Yes, when Ooh. she went on Bethany's Ooh. talk show and they got into it and it basically ended with her being like, sweetie, you you sell cupcakes. I used to work at the White House. But also she said, she said, you get to be mediocre and you still get rewarded for it. But me as a black woman, I don't get to be mediocre. And Bethany had nothing to say to that. Literally nothing. But on the flip side, I remember when she tried to get into it with Wendy Williams and Wendy was not having it. And then Wendy (laughs) shut down their interview by saying, 
Okay, well, first of all, I would like to thank you for coming on my show. <laughs> that's that's sort of how Omarosa. You you have to you have to address it that way. You can't try to play her at her game. I don't think. Uh, imagine if my Karamo interview had been on TV. Right. <laughs> it makes me wonder too. And again, like I actually, as we know, like with the boycott Netflix stuff, Monique can make it hard sometimes to root for her. But I'm like, she's not. She's not wrong about most of the things that she's saying. I know, but girl, um, I'm trying to watch Russian Doll, you know? Yeah, like, but it's, I, 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 you know, the fact that she has, like, this Vegas residency, I don't know anything about it because I now know about this dumb argument. And so I get it. She, she, and I'm sure she gets baited into these conversations. And again, I know that there is a larger issue that's very important that she's trying to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I would like her to just promote some shit, which we know she doesn't like to do, but please, God, just promote some shit, get your career back on the train tracks, and then these conversations will be more relevant. And it's just like, you've proven people wrong. You know what I mean? Like, if you come out here, like, the Netflix thing didn't work out, you got screwed, they lowballed you, and you're like, fuck you, now I'm doing this Vegas residency, I'm getting paid what I deserve, it's a huge success, and then maybe Netflix is like, hey, now we want you to do it, here's the money that you deserve. Like, you just, that would be, like, a great narrative for Monique, where we could all root for her. Instead, it's just like, you're talking about Oprah again? (laughs) <laughs> you know what's interesting, though? When she didn't campaign for that Oscar that she eventually won, I feel like now that's a weird credit to the Academy that somebody won an Oscar who wasn't right. out there, you know, at 100,000 screenings or whatever. So in a way, I, I mean, like something principled about what Monique did, I think, has now a legacy. I yeah. largely think that you, it is possible to get an Oscar without you know, the thirst that some, I feel like Harvey Weinstein changed that for a lot of people where they felt Mm -hmm. that they constantly had to do this rat race. But I just feel like she was so good in that movie. She was so good. Everybody was always just talking about, I'm going to vote for Monique. Right, right. It's just sort of like when you have someone that transcendent, you know, in a role, it's just sort of like, what do you need? I mean, it's right. Catherine Hepburn's ass never shut up at the Oscars. Right. She won how many times? <laughs> 77. Yeah. Yes. I would love Monique to be in another movie, kill it, not campaign, and then like win another Oscar. Yeah. Like that would be that would be incredible. But instead, we're on Steve Harvey. Like, oh girl. On Steve Harvey, on the Breakfast Club, fighting with Charlotte. Oh, the Breakfast Yeah, it's like, just like ugh. stop going on shows hosted by ignorant people. But by the way, <laughs> speaking of Steve Harvey, I would love if Monique hosted a game show like Family Feud. That would be amazing. She should be she should be like or being saucy back, around bring back Charm School. Sure. <laughs> Timeless Charm School the game. VH1 2000s Renaissance should happen soon. I'm ready for that. Uh, all right. When we're back, keep it. You see, when you do keep it, the keep it comes back to bite. <laughs> no? <Okay>. Clever. <laughs> uh, we're back with our favorite segment of the episode. As usual, it's keep it. Lewis, we're going to let you go second. Okay. Because Kara <laughs> is in, in, in gay Paris. Um, and am. she's calling in collect, so we've got to get it's, this done. Yes. Yeah. Guys, it's nighttime here. I have a dinner reservation to get to, so let me do my keep it. <laughs> <laughs> my keep it, I don't even, like, so my keep it is to Burberry, who had a fashion show recently, 
and oh, had God. a model with a <laughs> noose around her neck, like it was a necklace. And you know, fashion. much like yes, much like the Gucci blackface thing, I just don't understand for fashion people why ever why no one there has a good eye or any attention to detail. I don't understand how an entire fucking house of fashion lets this shit happen. It's just so, and it's like, it's offensive, obviously, it's awful, but it's just so dumb and lazy. And it's to the point where you're just like, you fully are just trolling us. Like, you have you have to be doing this on purpose. There's no way the number of people involved in putting together a collection and a fashion show at Fashion Week for fucking Burberry, I, I have a hard time believing every single one of those people looked at that noose necklace and just like and went with it and we're like no no nothing this is good this is the thing we need also by the way did burberry need to be uh quote unquote edgy like can't you just put another beige scarf on blake lively and call it a day like doesn't that make you money give us give us a trench yeah that's yeah. all we need i don't know it's just like all of these fucking fashion people are wearing me out um it's also can i have to say it's been very interesting because carl lagerfeld did I say his name right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just died. He just died. And I'm in Paris. And so I was on my way here and we drove by the Chanel store and they had flowers. And then I was like, didn't that motherfucker, wasn't he like a Nazi? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't trust that, like, Carl. Yeah. Did he go on that like crazy anti-Semitic rant? Wasn't that him? Um, There's another guy affiliated was who went on a him? crazier rant. But Carl Lagerfeld has his own issues that are similar. Yes. Yeah, maybe. He also kept calling women fat all the time. Yes. He called Adele fat. I was like, I mean, look, yeah, thank you. He did attack clothes. Germany's open door migration policies. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> he said, I know someone in Germany who took a young Syrian and after four days said the greatest thing Germany invented was the Holocaust. Oh, see, like, <laughs> I mean, Iris, like, like falling okay. over. Yeah. <laughs> but I've been wondering that, like, the whole time I've been, like, I've been going through this day and everyone is posting their, you know, like, RIP things. And I was like, I feel like I remember something about this dude that for some reason we are not discussing at all. Um, but I don't know. Get your shit together, fashion. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> By the way, the the other person that you were talking about, Lewis, was John Galliano. Correct. That's yes, who. Right. I, that yeah. was the real bad Nazi. Yeah, yes. he was bad. <laughs> were they like caught him at like a restaurant and he was just yeah, like, he raving? Was, yeah, it yes, was in Paris. He, yes, I remember when I was in Paris last uh, in November. So I was like walking around and someone was like, "And this is the restaurant where John Galliano went on this rant." Uh, I'm like, "Okay." Oh, it is not a landmark now. <laughs> <Penny>. <laughs> I said bonsoir. Louis, <laughs> <laughs> what's your keep it? I usually pride myself on knowing a lot about the thing I'm saying. Keep it too, but I actually refuse to even go that far. Keep it too. I just hate even saying the words Alita Battle Angel. I just don't want to say it. Okay, so she's like computer-generated cyborg person. You don't need all this technology just to give us a Christina Ricci we already have. I'm sorry. (laughs) Just put her in the movie. Um, Here's the thing. Uh, This is no shade to the manga on which uh, Alita Battle Angel is based. But I'm just sick of, in general, and we cover this a lot, movies that need about $800 million to break even. And then when they don't, (laughs) there's like talk of, are we just canceling movies forever now? So there's something depressing about the scale of the project. Apparently it's going to try to make all this money back overseas. It was number one at the box office this past weekend, but 
not in a staggering way. Um, anyway, Battle Angels. My favorite Battle Angel remains uh, Chun-Li from Street Fighter, who, again, is a good guy. Sorry, Nicki Minaj. My crusade against your they propaganda. Like That's right. <laughs> Continues. <laughs> Uh, all right. I don't even know. I got to be honest. I saw a a billboard. Alita. (laughs) I had a whole conversation with someone about this movie, and I didn't realize until the end what we were talking about. And then I saw it on a billboard, and I was like, you know, I guess I could Google this. (laughs) And then I lived my life. (laughs) And also, James Cameron apparently had this property for like 19 years and finally got around to it now and... Just another it's a James, James Cameron movie. It's not. A, it's not directed by him. It's produced or based on something he wrote or something. Anyway, the amount of money that they give James Cameron to make average movies could fund the ever could fund everything I'd ever want to make ever. To be fair, I think it's a lot of his money. He's <laughs> <laughs> very <Is> rich. <laughs> Is he funding Avatar Seven? Probably. Yeah, Avatar Six. Jason takes Manhattan or whatever. <laughs> Where is Yalitza Aparicio, Battle Angel? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Yolita Aparicio, I love, she'll, she'll give interviews where she's like, I wasn't really acting in Rome. I'm really excited to take acting classes suddenly. And I'm like, you have a Best Actress nomination. It's like, girl, that's not inspiring me to vote for you. No, right. There's a Glenn Close in your category. <laughs> uh, so my keep it is to the media. Oh, are you Fiona Apple at the <laughs> VMAs in 1996? Uh, Does that include us? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, I am tired of this entire Jesse Smollett new circus. Here's the thing. We don't know if it was a hoax or not, and yet every news outlet is running with the idea that this might be a hoax. And now every news commentator on Twitter wants to do a long thread about how it's horrible that this was a hoax. And then there's one tweet at the end that says, if this is not true, you know, that's just how I feel, you know? And every outlet is so excited about getting breaking news in this that like every little inconsistency or piece of minor news that comes out is reported breathlessly with breaking news on CNN, on BuzzFeed, on everywhere. And I'm like, enough. I've had it, you know? Can you also keep it to the Chicago Police Department? Because the combination of these two entities are fucking this up. That's the thing. You know, it's like, I want to support Jesse, and I will always in the future support victims of hate crimes, be they black or LGBTQ. Uh, But also... Everyone's just ignoring the fact that the Chicago PD has been investigated um, multiple times uh, for discrimination and abuses against black people in Chicago. And also there's the whole Laquan McDonald uh, case that they were covering up. Maybe people aren't so excited to trust anything that the Chicago PD says, especially when the idea that this might be a hoax didn't even directly come from the PD. It comes from, quote unquote, two police sources. Right. Which the the, the source world on this story is very strange. Which seems like the Chicago PD 
trying to get ahead of a potential jury pool. By the way, I'm also sick of like sentiments such as, if this is a hoax, this is so bad for blank, blank, and blank. It's like, if this is a hoax, this is so unprecedented just in showbiz history, like the Agatha Christie level of whatever had to happen in order to make this go down. So it's like- Not since no, Natalie Wood faked her death. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like if Natalie Wood faked her death. That's exactly right. Um, so that is so crazy and can't be compared to anything. So stop pretending that it, it, it uh, uh, changes the way we think about, I don't know, racial issues? Like what? Yeah. The other thing about the Chicago one, you're like, why are you talking when this shit is not done? The investigation is not done. And then when you have police officers leaking information, I'm like, clearly they have some sort of ulterior motive or their own opinions that are probably rather biased if they're leaking shit to the public. Like, why is anyone talking to anyone until all of this has been sorted out? And there's like an official, you know, like the conclusion that we've come to. Um, it just everyone is. But it's just like no one wants to shut up. Yeah. Like no one wants to, you know, like now they're like the Chicago police. And now they're like, oh, well, now we're going to, you know, these stories come out that it's a hoax. And now we're going to do our thing and be like, no, it's not. We're still invested. It's just like everyone is just wanting to fucking talk um, without knowing what they're talking about. At least we know the SVU episode is going to be lit. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I hope it's done soon for just Same. But for sadly, so I many reasons. Like, sadly, I feel like we'll never really concretely get an answer. No. Yeah. It's also so weird that there are lead comments in a case that is as twisted as like truly the movie A Simple Favor. I mean, just don't say anything when it's this crazy, when there are still plenty of directions this case could go that are even crazier than the ones it's already taken. Right. Uh, How many days away do you think we are from, has Trump tweeted about it? Oh, God. I know that one of the sons has, but I feel like I honestly feel like we're days away from his dumbass tweeting about this. Oh, yeah. Isn't like Donald Trump Jr. He was like faving tweets about whatever. The slightly less ugly one yeah. has been doing a lot of tweeting. The more Menendez brother looking one. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Aubrey O'Day's maybe lover. Sure. Yes. <laughs> Mis yes. Mr. O'Day. Yes. yes. <laughs> DJT. <laughs> uh, all right. That's our episode. Thank you, Kara, for joining us. Um, from Paris, I will let you sashay off like Leslie Karen to find your own Gene Kelly. Ooh, an American. Let me person. let me pick up my baguette and put on my beret. That's been it's been sitting next to me, and I'm gonna go now. If you see Juliette Binoche, say hi, and that we're rooting for her. <laughs> I will. I definitely. I actually would. I would love to say that to her. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, thank you to Jesus and Mara. Check out their show on Showtime, dropping this Thursday. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. With blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.